sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for this privilege of being a vessel that you have chosen to use this morning. Father, I'm not here by my own will, but by your own divine arrangement. I humble myself under your mighty hand, and I pray that you will give me all the necessary graces, the anointing, the unction, and the utterance to speak to your people from your heart. I pray that the word will also fall on good soil. I pray that we will receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. May this word not be a type of just entertainment, but may it be a type that will change our lives forever. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are laborers together with God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the teacher here this morning. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please sit down. What a shock. What a shock. <laughs> I am uh, genuinely surprised to be standing here this morning. <laughs> My church is having worldwide international Sunday. And I'm representing Korea. Oh. <laughs> and so I am surprised that I can still be here. It is the grace of God and the prodding of Bishop Saki. <laughs> And I thank God for this opportunity. I want to salute your head pastor, Reverend Dosu and his wife, for this honorable invitation. It is always an honor to preach God's word. The Bible says that we should preach the word in season and out of season. So whether you just came back from wherever, it may be out of season, but you still preach the word. I salute all the pastors who stand with them here. And all the leaders. And especially the wise virgins. Amen. 
I believe that with you, the kingdom of God can march forward. Women played a great role in Jesus' ministry. The Bible says they ministered to him out of their substance. Usually, it's men who have substance. But it's amazing that Jesus' ministry was sustained by women. I believe that women are givers. That is why the Syrophoenician woman who broke the alabaster box is mentioned. And the lady who said that she had observed that Elijah, the Shunammite woman, was going and coming. And that, I believe, established God's kingdom. So I want to salute you women that when God created everything, he said it was good. The only thing he said was not good was that man was alone. Man didn't know he had a problem. But God knew he had a problem. And God didn't need his involvement to solve the problem. So God put a deep sleep over Adam. And then he created woman. And when Adam came to, he was so overcome. The how can God make such a wonderful thing? So, women were a solution to a problem God had. And I believe the same today. I don't believe that women should fight to take the place of men. I think that where God has placed us is enough. I believe that we may not have a lot of weapons, armored cars, but anything in our hands turns into something powerful. If you look at Moses' mother, she saved Israel by just a basket. If you look at um, Samson, he carried the gates of Gaza. He could take on a whole army single-handedly. But just one woman brought him to his knees. And what weapon did Delilah have? She had only a pair of laps. She had only a pair of laps. And every time Samson slept there, he forgot wisdom. For a woman to deceive you three times and still you can't see straight. 
As soon as he lay there, he forgot about the world. The Bible says that by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. Abodua. A piece of abodo. <laughs> a piece of bread. It didn't say by means of a whorish woman, a weak man, or a poor man. It says a man. When he didn't take care, he lost everything. That is the power of a woman. And when we look at Mary, the mother of Jesus, God used her virginity to bring salvation to the world. So women don't have to fight with men to be men. God has made you enough. And we can change the world. I believe in people keeping their ranks. And everybody standing where God has put them. And we can do great things for God. This morning, I'm told that your theme is Proverbs 31, 18. And uh, you were taking the 18B, that is the second part of it. And um, I just want to start from there, maybe. I will read the whole verse. From the Amplified Version. Amplified Version. It says, she tastes and sees that her gain from work with and for God is good. Her lamp goes not out, but it burns on continually through the night of trouble, privation, or sorrow, warning away fear, doubt, and distrust. Amen? Amen. The Bible is saying that, I think King James says that, uh, she, she sees her merchandise and she sees that it is good and her candle does not go out. But I think that Amplified breaks it down for us. She tastes and she sees that her gain from work with and for God is good. Amen. Amen. This shows that it is talking about work and not play. And it is something she has tasted and she has seen. And she also knows that Whatever she's doing is with God and for God. 
That is what makes a difference between the Christian woman and the non-Christian woman. And that is what makes the difference between a godly woman and an ungodly woman. Whatever this virtuous woman is doing, it is with God. And when you are doing something with God, it will be in a godly way. Because God is with you to do the work. It is different from the world. Of course, the Bible says what we have that we didn't receive. But sometimes when people achieve a lot, they will tell you that my own hard work and sweat has brought me to this place. My own strategies and movements. My own beauty. My degrees that are more than my what is on the thermometer. Body. That is what has brought me this far. But this woman knows that it's with God. And for God. Her work, her gain from work with God and for God is good. She doesn't only work with God. She also works for God. Therefore, the time of just sitting in a church to warm the pew should be over. A virtuous woman works for God. It's not enough to just attend church. It's not enough to say, oh, the woman's fellowship is uh, getting this cloth and you are also getting it. People who are doing funerals also have special cloths. <laughs> But I believe that everybody has a call on her life. And when God created man and woman, the Bible says he blessed them. He and he said, go forth, increase, and multiply. Subdue the earth and have dominion over it. He blessed them and he gave them a mandate. In the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell, there were women also in the upper room and the Holy Spirit fell also on the women and Peter said this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel in the last days I shall pour my flesh my spirit upon all flesh your young women and your young men shall prophesy. The Holy Spirit was also given to women. And they also have a job to do. Her lamp goes not out. 
Your lamp represents a light in your life. It is dark, so she needs a lamp to work. When you say that you burn the midnight candle, it means you stay awake to learn at night. Nowadays, I hear a lot of Christians say, um, Lady Reverend, it's not easy to serve God. But God never said it would be easy. And there are, there are no few, there are very few or no things in life that are easy. If you want to study and do well, it's not easy. But if you go to school and you play the buffoonery, it is easy. It's not easy to study to be a lawyer. Sometimes you have to burn the midnight candle. You stay up. Or you wake up very early and you learn through the day. Some of the books are like this, but you read them. So it's hard work. But why is it that when we come to the kingdom of God, we feel that everything should be easy? It is not so. She makes her lights to continue burning through the night. But Amplified says the night is the times of trouble, the times of deprivation, the times of sorrow, the times when she has to ward away fear, the time when she sees things that makes her doubt and the time that she wonders if she can trust God. In the midst of all these emotions, she doesn't allow her light and her lamp to go out. Life is never one season. I don't know whether I gave a title to what I was talking about. <laughs> well, I think I want to talk about issues of the night. Issues of the night. Because Amplify says through the night of trouble, deprivation, sorrow, fear, doubt, the light does not go off. Now, the Bible tells us in Genesis 8 that seed time and harvest, day and night, summer and winter, they will never cease. They will never cease. So you can never have one season of life. Even if you are a child of God, there will be days and there will be nights. There will be summer and there will be winter. 
There will be dry season and wet season. And you can't say that you just want one season in this life. You may want it, but but the only constant thing is Jesus. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday today and forever. He's the only thing that is the same. So we will all have issues of the night. Many women have many issues. Sometimes we think the only woman with issue is a woman with the issue of blood. Her issues were issues of blood. But you and I also have issues. When you look through the Bible, some of the challenges the women went through, some of them were marital challenges. Marital challenges didn't begin in this modern age. When Abraham married Sarah, Abraham married Sarah, no. They were childless. It is also an issue of the night. It is the things that concern us. And it is something that can take us away from our service to God. I mean, Rachel was so driven that the Bible says that when she was leaving her father's house with Jacob, Rachel, she carried idols with her. The pain of childlessness had brought the night issue of distrust. And she wasn't sure the God she had come to know. Sarah, of course, um, advised Abraham to take Hagar. Sarah, it to Abraham for Sarah. And then after that, it brought her issues. The issues of another woman troubling her marriage. And when Sarah told Abraham, Sarah, Abraham, send Hagar and the son away. Because I saw Ishmael standing somewhere mocking my son. Abraham said, you didn't see right. <laughs> Abraham said, You are using your emotions to direct me. I refuse to be led by your emotions. And then God came into his closet. And God Nepi said, amu. listen to the voice of Sarah, your wife. And so, Enunti. a lot of the marital issues, only God can solve them. Amen. You as a woman, you cannot make yourself personal Holy Ghost to change the man. It is God who is at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But some of us have taken that work on privately. And we have put our name that we are at work in our husbands to will and to do. 
but only God now, can so bring change. Women had gynecological problems. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, had Elizabeth, been barren for a long time. And so the frustrations are many. Sometimes we also have self-esteem issues. A woman measures herself by things she shouldn't measure herself by. For instance, she may make a meal today. She's a good cook, but today the salt became too much or it didn't work. And then when her husband says, what is this? Her heart sinks. She becomes depressed. Are you the food? Rejection of the food is not rejection of you. But because of our self-esteem issues, we link ourselves to things. If something happens to us that is bad, then our value goes down in our eyes. But the Bible says in Colossians 2 verse 9 and 10, the fullness of the Godhead body dwelleth in our Lord and we are complete in him. We are not complete because of the type of weave on we wear. We are not complete because we are Mrs. Soso and So. We are not complete because we have a title in the church. We are not complete because we haven't missed it before. But we are complete in Him. And we have to meditate on this until it becomes a reality. Because sometimes we bring unnecessary pressure on our husbands. Because we are looking for validation from them. But before you met him, you had a value. God said, before you were a clot of blood in your mother's womb, he knew you. And he called you. And he gave you a purpose. Who you are is not what you do or what you've done. But it is who you are in Christ. And that should give you confidence. Some people's confidence comes from I'm educated. But these things come and go. Some people's confidence is in their size. See how slim I am. Then when you have two children and the whole size changes. Does that mean you are no more of value? 
cannot be. So these are some of the issues we confront. And some of them can take us away from our purpose. And these things rather become our God. Because what you behold, you become. The Bible says that we, beholding his face, we are changed from glory to glory. So what you focus on, what you see, what your attention on, you will be transformed into that. I'm praying that you'll be transformed into his image. Some of us get our worth from how people treat us. But it shouldn't be according to how people treat you. That's why when you come, the usher says, sit here, move here, say, do you know who I am? Why are you telling me? But if your value is already in Christ, you will not even say to do you know who you are? I am. Do you know who I am? Because you will know who you are in Christ. Go and ask Esther. She was in the palace for 30 days. The king has not called her. You are in the same house with the man. For 30 days, he has not called you. Some of you would have ended up at asylum. But you need to know your God. So that in those times, you will know God has not created any one human being on this earth to be everything to you. If there's any such person, then the person has taken the place of God. And God will never share his glory with any man. Yes, I'm blessed to be married to my husband. But he cannot meet my every need. It's Jesus who can meet my every need. Sometimes, even when I go and explain something to him, he'll say, oh, so this church member did this. Oh, forgive her, forgive her, move on, forgive her. But God knows that it's not like that. And when I go into my closet and I cry to God, God comes through and he says, I'm your high priest. I'm touched with how you feel. So even your husband cannot feel how you feel. But there's a high priest who can feel how you feel. So, if you make one person your everything, when he goes out to ministry, your life ends. You're always looking at your watch. When will he come? I'm lonely. What can I do? When you were in your parents' house, did you not have a life? But if you will rise up like this woman, 
And you will work with God and for God. You will discover a certain fulfillment. So that even when your husband is coming, you are not conscious of the time. When your husband goes for crusade, you have a life. Because you are also working with and for God. And it even makes you appreciate him better. Because you come to appreciate ministry. But if your life is you, your husband, your fork and your knife, you will never be fulfilled because God will not let any man take his place ladies let's be encouraged amen amen now the reason why I say issues of the night because as I said, women have so many issues. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Verse 15. This is Satan's punishment. This is not punishment for the woman. It is punishment for Satan. God punished, judged Satan first, then the woman, then Adam. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. When God was passing judgment on Satan, he said that when you and the woman you fellowship, you can easily spoil my whole creation. I always ask myself, where was Adam when Satan was talking to his wife? Brothers, women need communication. They need to be spoken to. They need some emotional support. Don't leave Lucifer to fulfill that role. So God said, look, from this time forward, you, Satan, and the woman, enmity. And between the woman's seed and Satan's seed, enmity. Therefore, if a woman wants to fulfill her God-given destiny, she should expect issues of the night. There are many things like what I spoke about that will affect her fruitfulness. 
and will affect her focus. But the book of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Revelations 12 shows us a lot of issues of the night. Reading from verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman. Everybody say a woman. Not a man. A woman. Clothed with the sun. And the moon under her feet. And upon her head. A crown of twelve stars. The Bible describes it as a great wonder in heaven. Women, you are a great wonder in heaven. In heaven. Amen. And as this wonder appeared in heaven, God didn't just let her appear like that. He had closed her with the sun. The moon was under her feet. And she had 12 stars on her head. She was more beautiful than Miss Malaika, Miss Ghana, Miss World, Miss Universe. Amen. Let's read on. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. She's beautiful. She has 12 stars on her head. She's clothed with the sun. The moon is under her feet. But it doesn't make her devoid of pain and crying. She has all this destiny. She's a wonder in heaven. She's clothed with things that only God can clothe her with. But in the midst of it, she is travailing in birth. She is crying. And she is in pain. Why? Just to deliver what God has put in her. So the issue of the night here is pain and sorrow. Pain and sorrow comes to everybody. Disappointment comes to everybody. But it must not stop you from giving birth. Amen. Amen. Now, everybody can look in their lives this morning and testify to something that pained you. Some of you, you have not even been able to forgive and let it go. And so, it's affecting your ability to give birth. So, pain and sorrow. If you're a Christian, you don't expect to experience pain and sorrow. You have to resign from Christianity today. I have had my share of pain and sorrow. There have been things that have surprised me. There have been things I didn't expect. 
I say that if you want to be offended, the best place is in the ministry. Come into the ministry and you'll be offended. And you can easily resign because of the type of pain and sorrow. But that is Satan's plan for your life. And your ministry and the call of God and the destiny of your life should not be aborted because of pain. The next issue we are reading on. Yeah, kind Verse 3. There appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Satan will always imitate what God has. As Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, Satan likes to make himself like a roaring lion. Everything God does, he wants to create a counterfeit. When God makes angels, the Bible says Satan masquerades us or like an angel of light. He's not original. He always takes what God has done and then he counterfeits it. A great red dragon signifies Satan. He has seven heads, but he has ten horns. And each head has a crown. The woman did not have 12 heads with 12 crowns. She had one head with 12 crowns. Satan has seven heads with seven crowns. Because he always creates leadership crisis. Seven heads in one person. That's Satan for you. It's also... Another issue of the night. He uses intimidation and fear so that we as women will be paralyzed. And then it will stop us from going forward. Let's read verse 4. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. The Bible says one third of the angels rebelled with Satan. And did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood where? Before the woman which was ready to be delivered. For to devour her child as soon as it was born. Satan if you are about to give birth and you just see a red dragon with seven heads, seven crowns, ten horns, and he uses his tail to bring down one third of the people in heaven. And he's standing there and he says, deliver and let us see. Your baby will go back. <laughs> Your labor will cease. 
you will forget what you are in the maternity ward for you will lose your focus you will rather concentrate on this frightening thing that is staring at you instead of the purpose that you should give birth to amen ladies so he stood there before the woman he places himself in your view squarely if he had stood behind her she cannot see but just as you are about to deliver he uses fear intimidation worry or how anxiety look at all this look at what is standing before me i better not deliver and that is what is happening to many women because of fear you are paralyzed fear of man fear of what people will say fear of the future fear that you will fail fear that people are against you does not make you deliver what God has given you He came when the woman was ready to deliver. He doesn't come when the seed is just germinating. He may stop you from even coming to that point. But then when you get to that point, he sees that no matter what it is, you are going to give birth. Now, how can he stop it? If he uses fright, you will abort just now. You will miscarry just now. And it also happens in the things of God. Some of you used to sing in the choir. Then you heard somebody say that when you are singing in the choir, you smile too much. <laughs> Intimidation and the fear of men have stopped you from becoming all the things that God wants you to become. You are paralyzed. I have a lot of issues. When I want to serve God, a lot of frightening things happen. It is prophetic. It is a night issue. But you must be able to overcome. It. Hallelujah. Amen. What did Paul say? Paul said that none of these things move me. Revelation 22 describes Satan as the dragon. That is the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. So it is not my description of Satan. The Bible has already said it. Now, what does First Peter three six say? Amplified version. What does it say? It says, it's talking to women. It was thus that Sarah obeyed Abraham, following his guidance and acknowledging his headship over her by calling him Lord, Master, Leader, Authority, 
And now, you are now her true daughters, if you do right. And let nothing terrify you. Amen. Not giving way to hysterical fears or letting anxieties unnerve you. Amen. Amen. If you do right. But some of us, we do right, but we allow things to terrify us. And let nothing terrify you. Not giving way to hysterical or emotional fears. Or letting anxieties unsettle you. Many years ago, I was going to give birth to one of my children. At that time, we were in Kolegono. A lot had gone on. A lot of lies. A lot of different stories, media reports about our church and the community. In fact, the opposite was being said. So one Sunday, it was supposed to be the sword cutting for a dustbin that was next to us. And the sword cutting was to give the baller to the church. And then the church would in turn build so many seater toilets for the community. A baller for high level toilets. Now I was so we thought that it is also a goodwill gesture. Because the, the toilet had been built since the 1950s and it had exploded on somebody. Well, on the day of the dedication, the people in the area came and they did whatever ceremony. And so, I was in church, busy with so many things. And after that, I was going home before my husband and I was pregnant. And a woman was crying, walking towards me. She said, if you want to have this baby, leave that ball alone. Leave it alone. And people had already told us that that is where the witches play. But this one, it was physical. The person was crying and telling me that. And then I just wanted to make my ways like, oh, I don't have anything. And she said, you will not have this baby unless you leave this baller alone. And I said to her, in Jesus' name, I will have this baby. I was alone. My husband was upstairs and I was going up to tell him I was leaving. As she spoke, I also spoke. And then we, I mean, she, she left. She said, okay, you see, then she left. So I went up. When I went up, my husband was busy, so I said, 
Oh, please tell Pastor Dag at that time that I'm going home. So, so when I went home, I saw that hysterical fears and unnerving anxieties were trying to take over. So after I had settled my children, I went to my room and I got down on my knees and I said, God, this woman said, I will not have this child, but I want to stand on your way. Lord, fight for me. So I did battle on my knees. After that, in the evening, my husband came home and I told him what had happened. He prayed with me. But as I went to bed. I was still unsettled. So I got up again, went to a corner, and started to pray. And I said, God, you have to give me peace. And all that this woman has spoken, do not let it come to pass. I plead your blood. I plead your mercy. I plead your hand. Anyway, it came to pass that I had to go for um, a review, antenatal, but, and every time I don't get to two weeks to the expected day, then I have the chance. And then also by God's grace, I don't do surgery, I'm not cut, everything just works. But this one, wait there. The two weeks passed and the baby hadn't come. So my doctor said, would you please come? I want to do some tests. Hysterical fears and unnerving anxieties. So I went to see the doctor, but by God's grace, I think I had some divine peace. When I went, the doctor took the heart of the child. I was detained on the ward. And then he said, oh, I would like you to come in um, the next day. But he gave me the test results. And it was a Tuesday service. So I went and after church, I saw one of our doctors. And I said, oh, do you know what they call a tocogram? She said, yes. It's to um, show the heartbeat of the child. Then I said, what is the normal heartbeat of a child? And she told me. But when she told me, I became quiet and she said, oh, why? I said, because I went to do a tocogram and the figures were this stroke, this. I've forgotten. When I first asked her, if it's this stroke, this, what does it mean? She said, oh, it means the baby could be in distress and all that. Not realizing that it was me. So when she saw that my face had changed, oh, Auntie Mami, is it you? Oh, sometimes the baby may survive and sometimes the baby... It came to pass that I went into labor. And I went to the hospital. Then I called my husband. He was in the office. I'm going to the hospital. And he said he will meet me there. For the first time in my life, my mother was there. Usually when I give birth, my mother was not there. This time she was there. The next day she was out of the country. 
So when I went to the labor ward, the labor was very fast. And there were not many babies there. It was the trust hospital at the time. And the nurse on duty was some audacious woman I knew. So throughout the delivery, she was speaking in tongues. Then I'll say, mm, she said, let it come, Jesus. Let it come, Holy Ghost. And I thought, God, you put this woman here just So the baby came with no problem. And then they said that they have to do a review there and then. So the resident doctor was there. My husband was also there. And the resident doctor said, mm, I think there's some bleeding somewhere. In spite of the baby coming, I think there's some bleeding somewhere. Then he said, prepare her for surgery. And as I lay on the bed, I said, God, I can see that woman's face. Don't let my enemies triumph over me. And then my husband said, no, um, I will not let the resident decide that she should have surgery. I would like to see the consultant. Then my mother was there. My mother was so upset. Was or practicing medicine. Oh, my surgery. Then I said to my husband, my mother. Oh, let's wait for the consultant. The consultant is really my doctor. When the consultant comes, the consultant was in cantonments. And who I know, so, so they were going to bring the consultant. Then the midwife came to tell me, Madam, rest assured, Bishop is walking behind the wall, speaking in tongues. It will be well. Then the resident said, But still, we have to prepare you. Then when the consultant comes, what he says, we'll do next. So they prepared me for surgery, put me long gown, wheeled me into the surgery. Because I think the resident was convinced. Wheeled me in. With the big lights and everything. Then the consultant came. When the consultant came inside, he examined me. Then he turned to the resident and said, what is she doing here? Wheel her out. Out of the surgery. Wheel her out now. Hysterical fears and unnerving anxiety. It will all come. But what God has said will stand. But can you stand the test of time? Now, some of you may say, but Lady Reverend, the Bible said that between your seed and her seed, what is the seed? But when you look at the parable of the sower, the Bible says the seed is the word of God. So whatever word God has spoken, whatever word God has put in you, whatever destiny that has to be unleashed, let me tell you, before you fulfill it all, unnerving fears, and hysterical fears, and unnerving anxieties, it's a weapon and an issue of the night that Satan will throw at you. He will use intimidation. 
and destruction. Because the Bible says he stood there to devour the child. If you devour the child, your destiny is, it doesn't exist anymore. Your seed doesn't exist. What you came for doesn't exist. Intimidation. Sometimes you go to certain places, they say that. How can a woman preach? But the Bible says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Prophesy means to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So part of the prophetic is also preaching. The Bible says, Philip had four daughters that prophesied. Philip, the Bible mentions Priscilla and Aquila. I often wonder why he didn't say Aquila and Priscilla. Every day, Priscilla first. Why? So every woman has a destiny. You may say, Lady Reverend, I don't think God has called me to preach. But there's a certain preaching called witnessing that we are all called to. And we all have to obey God. By intimidation. Some of you say, hey, I can't even stand on a stage and hold a mic. My husband used to be so intimidated by, by public speaking. When he was growing up as a young student, he went to the leader of the fellowship to pray for him so that he would be able to stand before the people in the fellowship. And the people in the fellowship were about 20. <laughs> now he stands in stadia. Because God will cause you to overcome intimidation. A lot of things will intimidate you. So we say, eh. They said this about me. I'm finished. This church, I'll never do anything. I'll just come and go. You have become too carnal. It's time to be a spiritual woman. Revelations 12, verse 4. Revelations 12, verse 4. Okay, let me read mine. Verse 5, she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Amen. Amen. In spite of all the unnerving hysterical, fears and anxieties the woman brought forth. You too, you should make up your mind that in, in, in spite of all the intimidations, you will give birth. 
many years ago, the issue of the night came to me. Intimidation of men and what they will say. When I had to come into full-time ministry, my main issue was the fact that people will say that my shoes are from the offering. That my bag was first offering. My shoe is second offering. And my dress is fundraising. I said, Lord, you know how educated I am, right? You know I was called to the bar of Ghana, right? You know I work and I'm okay. But you have chosen to call me into ministry. He had already called me into ministry. But at this particular time, I felt him saying, it's time to go full time. And I'll have my quiet time and say, Lord, the problem is not you, it's the people. I mean, that thing, it really pained me. It really, really pained me. And I used to think, you know, my father was a businessman. Yes, he had his issues. But then nobody could say that what he got was from first offering, what he did was second offering, what is that? As soon as you attach yourself to the church. And then even the things that you have privately, they become public knowledge. Or people just assume that it's from that. So I was very intimidated. And because of that, I wanted to work around the call. <laughs> so even though I resigned, I became a consultant to a German Man. Because he didn't live in Ghana. So he would just call me or he would come once in a while and say, we need to get this, do this, do this, and then I'll do all that for him. And I used to tell my husband, see, the church doesn't pay me and I'm saving the church money. But what was really under was intimidation and the fear of man. Long story short, I had a terrible accident on the Spintex Road. I personally felt that God was telling me something. So that night, I was alone. I felt that Jesus walked into my bedroom. And he convicted me seriously. So I just got down on my knees. And I prayed. And I said, Lord, I give it all to you. It doesn't matter the intimidation. It doesn't matter the opinion of men. At the end of the day, it's you I have to please. Not my will, but yours be done. Amen. Amen. So the woman brought forth all rights. 
And her seed had a destiny. The child was to rule all nations. That is why Satan stands before us. Because if he allows us to birth what is in us, his kingdom is in trouble. And because of that as women, we always say, I can't do much. God can't call me. I have too many issues. Issues of the night. But God caught the child up into heaven. And what does the Bible say? Verse 6. Verse 6. The woman fled into the wilderness. Another issue of the night is the pursuit of the enemy. She ran. She needed a hiding place. And the Bible says she fled into the wilderness. When you are fleeing, it's not expected that you will flee into a wilderness. It is expected that you will flee into some army garrison, some stronghold, but the wilderness. So the wilderness is the next issue of the night. Every Christian will have a wilderness. Jesus was anointed by God, but the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Some of us, when you are led, you say it can't be God. If once it's the wilderness, it can't be God. But the Son of God was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And what was in the wilderness? Temptation. When the children of Israel were called by God out of Egypt. You see, God always tells us the promises. A land flowing with milk and honey. A land where nothing will grow old. But he doesn't tell us the journey. Because if he tells us the whole journey, we will give up. Abraham was called by God. Abraham, a friend, no. but he had a wilderness experience. He got to a place that was a famine. In the wilderness, there's no food. As the children of Israel. In the wilderness, there's no water. In the wilderness, sometimes when you drink the water, it becomes bitter. But it's in the same wilderness that he sends manna. That he sends water out of the rock. That he nourishes you. Every Christian must expect a wilderness experience. The wilderness is when you don't know whether you are seeing God or not. When he's dealing with you, it's always from day to day. He gives you manna today, you move on, the next time it's test. You move on, he gives you water. The next time it's Amalekites. The next time it's Perizzites. So many things in the wilderness. But the only constant thing is his presence. And that's why Moses said, if thy presence go not with us, send us not forth out of The wilderness is part of your call. And God will nourish you in the wilderness. I have known God's love God's faithfulness and God's mercy more in the wilderness than in the time of feasting. 
In the wilderness when I felt alone. In the wilderness when I can't even explain. In the wilderness when I don't understand why the things that are going on are going on. In the wilderness where I don't feel called. In the wilderness where sometimes you say, Lord, if this is what your call entails, I just want to be an ordinary Christian. But when the woman fled into the wilderness, she received nourishment from God. Some of us, that's when we give up our faith. That's when we go and do all sorts of things. We give abandon. God is not worth serving. I'll just do what I want. But it's all part of the destiny in you. And sometimes God takes you to the wilderness so that he can minister to you himself. And he's the one who determines the number of days that you should be there for. The issue of the night is also the wilderness. Will you still birth what God has for you? Hmm. Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. I have an issue with you. Why did you give birth? Why? Why did you give birth to the male child? And this male child with all his destiny, why did you give birth to Eternal Life Ministries? Why did you give birth to Lighthouse Chapel International? Why did you give birth to Reverend Dusu? Why did you give birth to Mrs. Dusu? Why? And because of that, I will pursue you. He persecuted the woman. Not the woman who had size 16, size 10. Not the woman with vital statistics. Not the woman who is beautiful. Not the woman who is Miss Ghana. But the woman who brought forth the man child. What you are bringing forth is bringing you a lot of night issues. Not the things you are looking at. But the seed in you. And upon all the intimidation, you still gave birth. So after that, you are on his hit list. Amen. Amen. Verse 14, and we are ending soon. <laughs> and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she's nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpents. There are things that God does and he hides you to do it because he wants to hide you from the face of the serpents. When Jesus was born, he was carried to Egypt from the face of Herod. Because all children to another were killed. And he had to be hidden. Moses was hidden in the palace. 
my Pharaoh's daughter. Because all children, again, were being killed. Do you think a king just gets up and kills? Satan inspires them. And says that for this child to be born, no way. I have to bring about murder. That's why the Bible says he has been a murderer. But thanks be unto God. Who always causes us. To Why did he pursue the woman? The Bible says when he saw that he had been thrown down. Since Satan lost his place in heaven, he's against anyone destined for heaven. Because he has lost his place. Woman, rise up. Oba, sorry. And do with God and for God his good Amen. Amen. Verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. Your issues of the night, they are a lot. intimidation, unnerving anxieties, uh, pursuit, wilderness, now floods. That he might cause her to be carried away. There's a season in your life when you experience flooding. Flooding is when every area of your life seems to be under attack. Sometimes you say, little what is happening? I went to work. I had issues with my boss. I came back. My landlord says I should try and leave. I, I went somewhere. My husband. I came home. My, my son is under admission. On admission. Lady Reverend, what is happening? A major flood. Is being spewed from the mouth of Satan. Now, why are you grabbing all this wahala? The seed. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between her seed and yourself. One child that you have given birth to. Before it's a problem. After it's a problem. Which one? That he might cause her to be carried away. It's like you shouldn't live again. You know, you are, uh, you are a trouble causer in the kingdom of, 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 of Satan. It's too much. So let me flood her with problems and she will give up. Marital problems. Parenting problems. Financial problems. Spiritual problems. Floods everywhere. Just to carry you away. As the nearest sister, will you survive the flood? Verse 16. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. On those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. And saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his head, ten crowns. And upon his head, the name of 
blasphemy. Take us to verse 17. 12 verse 17. And the dragon was wroth, angry with the woman. After the flood, anger. And then when he sees that it's not working, he turns to her seed. The assault changes to now become an assault on your ministry. An assault on your call. An assault on your seed. Because as he's intimidating you, it's not working. So now he has to turn to what you are doing, what you are bringing forth, what your destiny is. He turns to that. And he goes to make war with whatever is left of your seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now we've talked about all the issues of the night. Lady Reverend, how do we come out of these issues? When you go through the passages we've read, God, first of all, gives the woman divine authority by making her a wonder in heaven. Secondly, he gives her divine protection because the Bible says the child was caught up by God to his throne. And then God prepares a place for nourishment. Genesis 45, verse 11, God says, And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. The word of God nourishes us. 1 Timothy 4, verse 6, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up, in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. The word of God will provide you nourishment in the wilderness. God also sent an army. The Bible says Michael and his angels fought against Satan and his angels. And Satan and his angels did not prevail. Amen. Amen. Now in Matthew 26, 53, Jesus says, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father? And he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. Beloved, whatever God calls us to, he also gives us angels. Because he knows that with just our spiritual, our physical might, we can't do much. But with God on our side, we will prevail. So God does not leave us to fight on our own. Jesus said that he could call on 12 legions of angels. It is said by biblical commentary that each legion is 6,000 angels. So if it's 12 legions, it's 72,000 legions that heaven can release. In Isaiah 37 verse 
Then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and four score and five thousand. So 185,000. One angel. And so Dick's commentary says that if one angel can slay 185,000 and you have 72,000 that God can call on on your behalf, child of God, what do you have to fear? The angels are on your side. One angel, 185,000. And if the 12 disciples have 12 legions of angels shared amongst them, one legion is 6,000. And if one person can go 185,000 on your behalf times 6,000, that's only, it's enough. The Bible says Michael and his angels, they made war on behalf of this woman. Amen. 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 Isaiah 59 verse 19. The B of it, it says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against the enemy. Amen. What did the devil do? He opened his mouth and it was a flood. But the Bible says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, not you, not your father, not your mother, not that powerful politician, but the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against the enemy. Ladies, be encouraged. God is for us. We need miracles. The Bible says the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had cast out of his mouth. God will work miracles to ensure that we obey his call. God will work miracles to ensure that we give birth to that which is within us. And then finally, Isaiah 40, verse 30. Isaiah 40, verse 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as what? Eagles. Remember when she was in the wilderness, she was given two wings of an eagle. If we want the wings of eagles, we yeah, must learn to wait on God. Many Christians don't know how to wait on God. Many Christians, when they are attacked in the night, they don't know how to call on God on their own. But the Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Believers must know what is their authority? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It says that even the youth and the young men, they shall fail and they shall fall. Another way of saying it that it's not by might nor by power. But if we want spiritual power, we must learn as women to wait on the Lord. Not they that wear Brazilian hair. Not they that wear nice clothes. Not they that hold Gucci bags. But they that wait upon the Lord. 
When Satan comes knocking at your door, and your husband is on crusading, like my husband is today, your children's temperature is running high. You are now arranging for a car to go to the nearest hospital you know. Do you know how to call on Emmanuel? You see, you don't have your quiet time. So you don't have any deposit of the word in you. So when the issues come, then you say, oh, that sermon that Pastor Dusu preached powerfully. What did he even say? When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he didn't try and remember what was preached in the synagogue. He had meditated on the word. He didn't have an account with Stanchat. He didn't have an account with SG. He didn't have an account with Barclays. He had an account of the word within him. And he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, yeah, I me. tell people that as for me, me I have my quiet time often. Me Not because I'm a good Christian. But because I am so weak. I believe in this room. I need Jesus more than all of you. And without him, I can do nothing. It's not a poem. I mean it with all my heart. I can do nothing. Sometimes I'm in a dire straits and I'm calling my husband. He's gone on crusade. He's preaching. He cannot pick my call. It's not that he's not a good man. It's not that he's not a caring father. But he's a man. And he has his limitations. What does God say? And call upon me and I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Many of you, you fight your battles with your mouth. Insults. I also told her. But there's a certain weapon called the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. And you can make war with it. And have lasting effects. They that wait upon the you can begin from somewhere You can be a wise virgin. You can have oil in your lamp. Because the word is a lamp. And the light to a path. And if the light must never go out, the fuel of the word sometimes you are seeing contrary things I've been to a place where I'm seeing contrary things I don't know whether to look at what I'm seeing what I'm experiencing what should I look at and then I remember the Bible says the just shall live by faith not by what they see but by faith I come to a place I say God it's all ashes I can't see any hope I can't see anything I don't see where it's going and then he said I will give you beauty for ashes the oil of gladness for mourning and the garment of praise 
for the spirit of heaviness. That shows me what to do. So sometimes you look so smart, so wise. You are not wise. It's just that the word of God is making you wise. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, will you be sitting there saying, yeah, the flood has taken all my things. All my things are spoiled. Lord, it's over. Or will you get up and say, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, Satan, according to Isaiah 59:19, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise a standard against you. Therefore, based on his word, I stand on God's word. And I say that he has raised a standard against you. And your weapons shall not prevail. He gives them wings because they wait on him. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Sometimes you see people say, why are you always smiling? Why do you always have energy? Why do you always survive? Why do you... It's not because she's Batman or Superman, but because she has learned to wait on him. They that wait upon them. The young ones who are not married. You just see a boy say, Lady Reverend, he's six pack. He has a good job. He's this, he's that. So I'll marry him. What does the Bible say in Proverbs 3? You know your ways. Acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Why? Because God can see the future. You are just looking at now. The person you are marrying could easily be a satanist. I have counseled somebody like that, live and in color, not hearsay. Satan is the first day you marry. He, he says that we need a covenant. Then he starts himself and put things in. You say, hey, I thought we were all in church. I know the person. I can call her now to give you a testimony. Today she's no longer married. When their children are sick, no hospital. They will do rituals, blood, this, that. Yes, he's a business executive. He's a corporate guy. His suit is smart. And you think that's all. That's not all. But when you wait on the Lord, you see a woman in church, you are judging her by her lips, her tips, and her fingernails. Her lips, her hips, and her tips. That's how you are judging. Brother, brother, be delivered. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. The woman was given two wings because she was in the wilderness alone with God. Learn it. Have a time when you are alone with God. Not only when there's a problem. Even when there's no problem. Learn to wait. Because he has a lot to tell you. Amen. Look, you don't get a good husband by Brazilian hell. Amen, young ladies. They shall walk and they shall not faint. It's not everything that depends on our efforts. As we can see from the passage, God will take the child up by himself. God will let the earth open up and swallow the flood. God doesn't leave you alone. His mercies, his grace, his miracles are all part of it. But lady, 
your only purpose in life is not just to marry and have children. Your purpose in life is to rise up and count for the kingdom of God. When you stand in heaven and you give an account of your life, what will you say? Which lives did you touch? Who did you bring to Jesus? Who did you minister to? Who did you heal so that the person could be all that he can become for God? From this convention, stop being a pew warmer. Stop being somebody who just comes to church. We are now all workers for God. And we are now all workers with God. And like the woman in Proverbs 31, may our candles not go out. And may we work with him and for him till Jesus comes. Stand to you. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. Talk to God. It's not a formality. You have heard his word. Say God, whatever seed, whatever destiny, whatever purpose, give me what it takes to bring it forth. And when I bring it forth, give me eagle's wings to overcome every adversity. Lord, the issues of night are in my life. But today I put them on the altar. I seek first your kingdom. And I know you will add everything else. As I turn my attention and I focus on you and not on my problems, not on my night issues, I know that you will take care of me. Lord, come and be the first. The first in my life. All that matters is you. Direct my heart into the love of God. Lord, take my life and make it yours. My lifetime I will give God my lifetime my lifetime
You don't know Jesus. You've been playing games in your walk with God. This morning, this afternoon, you want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. Lady Reverend, I want to be sure. I want to be serious with God. If you are like that here this afternoon, forget about who you are. Forget about who is on your left or who is on your right. Lift up your hands in humility wherever you are standing. And I'll pray with you. Let your hands go high above your shoulder. Thank you. God bless you. The Holy Ghost is reaching out to you where you are standing and if you put up your hand do one more thing for me come forward give me the privilege of leading you to the throne of grace come you lifted up your hands come come to Jesus a new beginning encourage them as they are coming encourage them as they are coming a new beginning a new start lady reverend I want to be serious with God. Lady Reverend, I want to rededicate my life. Lady Reverend, I want to be sure of my destiny. Lady Reverend, pray for me. Oh, I will give God If you've come in front, lift your hands and sing this song. My lifetime. Yeah. He will take care of me. Jesus. Oh. He will never ever let me down. Oh, I will give God my lifetime. You are here, just say this prayer after me and mean it with all your heart. Let it be your personal prayer. Heaven is listening, heaven is as attention listening to your prayer to answer. You want to say, Lord Jesus, this afternoon, please say it after me. I come to you with all my heart. Take my life, Jesus, and become the Lord and the master of my life. Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. Wash me in your precious blood. Thank you for coming to die on the cross to save me. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life. And thank you that by this prayer, there's a new beginning. I'm a child of God and I've started a new life in Jesus Christ. Satan listen to me carefully I break every link with you for Christ has set me free and I'm free indeed Amen Father I pray for these who have come to give their lives to you and to rededicate their lives I ask for grace and mercy to keep them on the narrow way deliver them from the deceptions of Satan and from all his wiles by you may they run through every troop by you may they leap over every wall may they stand strong for you may they serve you and as they serve you take care of them lord in jesus name
Amen. Amen. God bless you. I have some books for you. I have a gift, some books for you. God bless you. Read it. Be strong in the Lord. And happy birthday. Amen. Shall we all close our eyes? I want to pray finally. My lifetime. I will give God my lifetime. My lifetime. I will give God my lifetime. If I give God my lifetime. If I give God my lifetime. up your people before you I pray that every purpose every plan every destiny every seed in every life represented here and that this ministry must touch should be unleashed I pray and drive out the spirit of slothfulness I drive out the spirit of self-centeredness and selfishness I pray that the spirit for others will come into this church. I pray that the spirit for others will fall on your maidens, your young men, and your handmaidens. I pray that we will go into the byways and the highways, and we will compel many to come in. Because of us, let the kingdom of God march forward. Because of us, let your house be formed. Because of us, let lives be changed for eternity. Father, whatever intimidation the enemy has used against your people, Today, we ask that your spirit will raise a standard against them. Anybody experiencing a flood, anybody experiencing the night issues, I pray for angelic legions of heaven to be revealed and to be released. Lord, let them see your glory. Let them see your faith. I leave your blessing in this church. May whatever mandate you have for them come to pass. Lord, keep them in the paths of obedience. Keep them in the paths of righteousness. Keep them in the paths of holiness. Keep them in the paths of your anointing. For your name's sake. And as they seek first your kingdom, may they want nothing. But may all things be added unto them. Yes, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, ah. may the Spirit of God come in and raise a standard against ah. him. May the enemy never prevail against yes, this Lord. ministry. But may they always by you leap over every wall. In the name of Jesus. Run through every troop. Yes, overcome prevail and walk in victory. I leave your blessing here, Lord. And I thank you for increase and for promotion. In Jesus' name. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.